what does this mean? The Holy Spirit is my teacher and he will teach me all things. Well, talk to a few people that names that you've heard of. Tim Tebow, a football player who every time he gets up to speak says, my football gift has come from God. And he always gives God the praise and the glory. I don't care what... Who, I'm not talking to fans here. I'm talking to Christians here. This is a Christian man that says, God gave me. Kurt Warner did the same thing. God gave me this ability, and I'm giving him glory through this skill. If God can teach somebody how to catch a football and throw a football and run on the football field, don't you think he can cause you to run and not be weary and walk and not faint? Don't you think that same God can do that for you? Or how about Michael Jordan? Ever heard that name? He's another one that always said, and he's gone down in history in a lot of people's eyes and in and, and the sports eyes as perhaps one of the greatest ball players that's ever lived. <laughs> I'm getting a, I don't know if that was an amen or a watch it, but that was an amen over here. And you know what Michael Jordan says when they interview him? I give God all the credit and the glory. Everything I have, it came from him. Now that's a basketball player. Somebody who's running, jumping, and man, could he jump? Maybe he did have the Holy Ghost because he was flying through the air. If, if God can teach a man, do you get my point? If God can give a man a basketball skill and a football skill and a bait, how much more can God walk into your business and turn it around? How much more can God become your business partner and you have the greatest year you've ever had in your life because he's given you ideas no one else has ever thought of before? George Washington Carver gave God the credit for being one of the greatest inventors in agriculture and, and one of the greatest scientists in agriculture. Didn't even have a doctorate degree. We call him Dr. Carver, but he never he never achieved a doctorate degree. He had a bachelor's degree and was one of those men that achieved more than anyone else in his field because he got up every morning at 4 o'clock and went out and prayed in the woods. And he said, the Lord gave me this idea for the sweet potato and the peanut. And he gave God the credit for all that. How about a man by the name of Johannes Gutenberg? Have you ever heard of him? Gutenberg invented the press, the Gutenberg press. Would you like to know what the first book that was ever printed on the Gutenberg Press was? It was the Holy Bible because he said that God gave him the idea to build the Gutenberg Press. And would you like to know what book has outsold every single book that has ever existed since that first print? It is the Holy Bible, and it is still, even in the chaos of this world, the Bible is still the number one selling book in the world. Because a man said, God told me to build this and print the Bible on it, and he did, and it changed the whole world. How about a man by the name of Sir Isaac Newton? A great scientist known for inventions, his insight on gravity, and his insight on laws, which he says was all revealed to him from divine power. He says that God gave him all of his discoveries. How about a man by the name of Alexander Graham Bell? I know all of you are thankful for him because now you're addicted to his invention. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell was an inventor who invented the telephone who said, I invented this because I got insight from the Holy Spirit. And he gives God credit for the invention of the telephone. How about Mary Crawley, the founder of Home Interior and Gifts? No wonder they're in all the churches in America. Because Mary Crawley says 
that she, she, was, uh, she was an enthusiastic Christian embedded into her faith and says that her, her whole business was built on Christian principles because the Holy Spirit gave her the idea for home interiors. Now you need to go out and buy some. How about Dan Cathy, the CEO of Chick-fil-A? How many of you believe that's a Christian man? Closes down on Sundays, gives to Christian organizations. Because they give God credit, the founder, he and his wife are the founders of, of Chick-fil-A, and they give God credit for that because they said God gave them the idea. You know, you know another man that gave God a tithe of all of his earnings because God delivered, he went to a preacher, and he told the preacher, if God can deliver me from cussing because I'm the worst cusser I've ever known, if God can deliver me from, cuss, from cursing, I'll serve him. And so God delivered Colonel Sanders from cussing, and the Kentucky Fried Chicken became one of the greatest tithe payers in the assemblies of God. It, it happened because he turned it over to God. How about David Green? You ever heard that name? Have you ever been to Hobby Lobby? Hobby Lobby is, he's the owner of Hobby Lobby who gives God the glory, also shuts down on, to, on the Lord's Day, and gives God the glory for all that he has accomplished. I can go on. John Tyson, of the CEO of Tyson Foods, he says that Tyson Chicken is, was inspired by the Holy Ghost, and he's paying tithe on every bit of it. How about Tom Monaghan? who is the founder of Domino's Pizza, a devout Catholic who said, I'll pay tithe on every pizza I sell at a Domino's. Now, some of you are getting hungry, so I've got to get off of all this chicken and, 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 and get back to my, my teachers. How about John D. Rockefeller, a devout Catholic who came from poverty, whose dad pretended to be a deaf-mute uh, oil, snake oil salesman. He came from extreme poverty, but after serving Christ, he said, I will give a tithe of everything I earn. Became the richest man in his time in this country at that time and tithed everything. If you heard him tell the story, he would say, I tithed my way up. So he tithed beyond his tithe, believing that God was going to bring him up to that. So he would give his tithe and then he tithed beyond that. And that was, ask him, I mean, that's a, well, you can't ask him now unless you go to heaven, you can ask him, but. So how many of you need for the Holy Spirit to be your business partner? All right, then I want you to do something right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend all night doing this, but I want you to stand right now. I want to pray over you. I want everybody that wants that, I want you to stand. I want you to hold your hands out like this, and this is what you're saying. I want you to be my partner. I'm, I'm tired of doing it myself. I need better ideas. I need greater breakthroughs. I need proper alignments. This is a new season with a new reason, and there are, all things are being made new. God, in the name of Jesus, I declare that you're making new things for every person here, every person online, every person in this room that has their hands lifted, I declare in Jesus' name that you are becoming their partner. I declare new ideas, fresh ideas, fresh passion, fresh enthusiasm. I declare new resources over them, new open doors in this year of open doors. And I declare in Jesus' name that they will all be tithers and they will all be givers to your kingdom. And you will use them, God, as Joseph's to distribute wealth among your kingdom, Lord. I declare in Jesus' name a turnaround anointing a turnaround blessing. Send them the teachers in Jesus' name. Send them the right accountants. Send them the right real estate agents. Send them the right business uh, opportunities. Send them the right investors. Whatever they need, the right 
bank, send it to them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare it over their life in Jesus' name. If you believe that, I want you to praise God right now that something is about to change in your life. Amen. I want to do this hurriedly and just go ahead and get, I want to move to the end as quick as I can. Isaiah 54, 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of them. Some of you need to surrender your children to God's classroom. Let's be honest. They don't always pay attention in our classroom. We do our best, but parenting is different from teaching. Sometimes parents want to be both, but, some, but you have to understand, I'm going to love my kids no matter what they do. So here's the thing. I want them to do the right thing, but if they don't, I'm still going to love them. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to push my kids aside for any reason. I want you to serve God and thank the Lord. They all do. And I want you to love God. And I want you to do all the things I want you to do. But guess what? They don't do all the things I want them to do. But I love them anyway. And they are loving God and serving God. And all of them are in the ministry. So I thank God for that every day. It doesn't have to be my way. It just needs to be his way. So you've got to surrender your children. This is a verse that I pray over every member of my family every day. And the, and the verse in Isaiah, put that back up here, guys. Let me read that again. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. You need to say that over them. You need to quote that over them. But here's what you got to wait on, and you may not like it. If you invite them to God's classroom, you don't know who he's going to choose as a teacher. Because some of the teachers you might like and some of the teachers you may not like. You might even get mad at some of the teachers he sends them. But God knows what needs to happen for them to learn. Have you ever had a teacher, have you ever learned a lesson that was a hard lesson and you would never want to learn it again? Every, you, you, the worst days of my life is when I realize He's teaching me again the same thing he already taught me. It's like, whoa, why didn't I get it right the first time? It's like a driver's test, people. They don't give you the license till you pass the test. And God's not going to give me the power till I pass the test. And if he has to give me the same test over and over and over, every time I fail, I have to take the course again. And if you're like me, you get tired of taking the same course. Lord, this time, let me get it right. So if you, if you surrender your children to God's classroom, get ready for this. It may not be the teacher. Everybody wants the nice teacher. Listen, I tell you, if you've got kids in public schools, you're checking those teachers out. Or in grade schools, you send your kindergarten, you want to know who the teacher is and what they believe and what they think and what they're teaching in the class. So, so I understand we always want to pick the teacher for our children. Lord, send them somebody sweet. Send them somebody nice. And the Lord said, no, I'm going to use an enemy. He's going to plow the field. It's going to make them mad. Then they're going to call on me, and I'm going to, I'm going to give them everything they ask me for. But i got to get them on their knees before I can get them on their feet. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Sometimes you have to release 
kids to God's hands and say, God, I want you to do what you do in their life. And so asking God to be the teacher, you see, God's going to send them a teacher. God's classroom has some teachers like Pharaoh, but the people got free. God's classroom has some people like Nero, but the church spread around the world. God has some teachers like the Chaldeans in the book of Habakkuk. I'm going to do things in your day that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. But before I do that, I'm going to send in the Chaldeans to tear down your house. What, Lord? What do you mean you're going to? No, I'm going to tear down your house before I build it back up because you've been building on the wrong foundations. But I'm still going to do a work in your day that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. So write the vision and make it plain upon tablets so he who reads it can run with it. For this vision is yet for an appointed time. It will not tarry, though it tarry you. Wait for it because it will come to pass, saith the Lord. And the zeal of the Lord is going to perform it. So when you give God your children, you give God your family, sometimes you got to go outside the door and cry which is what you do when your children stop sleeping with you. You put them in a room and you go cry in the hallway while they go cry in the bed. And this might happen for a few nights, but after a while they'll get so tired they'll go to sleep. And so will you. All right, you didn't ask for that, but you got it anyway. Let's move on. Let me get more spiritual again. Pray for people who are asking God to send you. Here's the next thing. You're going to find teachers in the body of Christ. You may not realize this, but you probably worship by some, like someone you know. You probably clap your hands like someone you know. You probably smile like someone you know. You probably pray like someone you know. One of the dearest saints we've ever had in our life is a lady by the name of Mary Haynes. Mary Haynes had a tremble in her prayer. Oh, God. And this, when she did it, it made cold chills run up and down you. Because Mary Haynes was as close to a saint as anybody you'll ever meet in your whole life. I mean, it's, it's honest. I can tell you, I don't know of anything. Even her husband told me one time, he said, I don't even think she's ever said a, a harsh word to anybody. I said, Dave, are you sure? He said, I've been married to her my whole life. I've never heard her lift her voice. I've never heard her say a harsh word to anybody. I've never heard her gossip once. I said, are you you're telling me this is your wife? I've never heard her say a cruel thing about anybody in her whole life. Now, I don't know if you know a person like that, but if you know a person like that, that's a treasure because they're rare. And she was just like that. And we knew her the very, the very same way. The only time I ever saw her, as she would call her dander get up, if you're playing Uno or Dominoes. <laughs> she could be a fierce competitor. That's the only time I ever saw anything other than the sweetest person you ever want to meet. out Because she wanted to win. And she usually did. Mary Haynes had a way of praying. And all the young ladies would come to her. She was a spiritual mother. They came to her for love. They came to her for advice. They just knew she was solid as a rock. And before I know it, I started hearing trembling prayers all over the house. Oh, God, in Jesus' name I pray. I mean, it's like they had a Leslie. The musicians know what that means. It's, a, it's something that's inside of that speaker over there. It's like a Leslie makes the sound do like this. It twirls it. It's like she had a, a tremble in her voice. Before I knew it, all these young ladies that she was loving on a mentor and started praying the same way she prayed. I, I, I had a man that, 
I wanted to be just like when I grew up. You've heard me talk about him many times. We called him Half Done, great big farmer. He's a giant to me. I was a little kid. I'd sit by him in church. He was a huge man, huge man, big and wide and tall. And, 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 and he wore all overalls, and, but he had the biggest smile. I thought he was the happiest man that, ever invent, that, that God ever made. I just knew he was. I'd never seen anybody as happy as George Dunn. I'd never seen anybody that happy. He was always happy. And when you sang a song, he had a smile that broke out all over his face. And I said, so uh, this is a pet peeve. But I know a lot of people, every time they sing, they give God the ugly cry. Have you ever, met, you ever seen that? It's like, it's like if we don't give God one of these, we're not real serious. George didn't know that. George gave God, hey, man, hallelujah, glory. I mean, he was smiling the whole time he sang. And I said, when I grow up, I want to be just like that. I want to be enthusiastic about God. I want to be worshipful. And when I got my first degree, people said, you need to stop acting like that. When I got voted on the highest council of the church of God, they said, now you're dignified. I said, listen, no votes and no degrees are ever going to take my praise because I had this a long time before I had any of that, and I'm not going to give it up because I'm not doing it for people. I'm not doing it for the applause. I'm doing it for a king. And, and I love worship. I get enthusiastic about worship because I, I feel like I'm before the throne. I feel like I'm giving a gift to God. You learn that from other people around you. I was watching a YouTube video of a church not too long ago, and I saw this man that had a real unusual dance. It's a Pentecostal church up in Kentucky, and this man just had a kind of a real unusual dance, and I noticed about five feet from him, there's a 13-year-old boy, around 13 years old, who was dancing the same way. I thought, that's how it works. He saw him dancing. He said, I want to give God that praise. And he started dancing the same way. 10,000 teachers. Somebody to show you how to praise. Somebody to show you how to worship. Somebody to show you how to pray. Somebody to show you how to witness. If you haven't ever witnessed, you need to go out with some bold witness. You need to go out with somebody that's not ashamed of the gospel, that can just pray at the drop of a hat or a, at a gas station or on a bus or on a plane. You need to go out with somebody like that, and they'll teach you. I've got so many more of these, but I don't have time to finish all of them, so I'm just going to go on down to the bottom because there's 10,000 teachers, and obviously that's 10,000 illustrations, so I can't do that. So I want to do this instead. One of the greatest teachers that God has ever given us is pain, failure, success, and problems. It's not the teacher we want. It's the teacher you want to learn from one time, and move on. And if you continue to learn from that teacher or continue to be taught by the teacher, it's because you haven't learned what that teacher was supposed to teach you. That love feels better than pain. You haven't learned that peace is much better than chaos. And that teacher is teaching you this. David the king, the man after God's own heart, failed miserably. But from that he rose up and sponsored the building of the first temple, Solomon's temple. He paid for every bit of it and didn't even live to see it built. He rose up from his failure because he learned the lesson. The apostle Paul, miserable failure, held the coats while they stoned the first martyr, Stephen. Saul of Tarsus held the coats of the men who stoned the first Christian martyr, he was the Christian hater who killed them and put them in prison. 
But in the end, he is the one who brings us most of the gospel. The apostle Paul brings us most of the gospel, wrote most of it from a prison. Peter, the apostle Peter, failed Jesus. Wouldn't even, uh, he denied him three times at his trial. He rose up to become the pillar of the church, the one who held the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes you have to realize that Joseph had to go to the pit before he could go to the palace because it was the pit that conditioned him for the palace. When God gets you out of the pit, I promise you, you're going to take care of the palace. When God pulls you out of the prison and God pulls you out of the pit, you have such gratitude and love and there's, there's such healing in your heart. That is why when Mary broke the alabaster box, that Jesus said something unusual. He said, they were all trying to chide her for breaking this alabaster box and anointing him, one over money, but another over another thing. And Jesus said, oh, whom he who has been forgiven much has the ability to love much. Can I give you a secret the devil doesn't want you to know? The more pain you've been through in your life means that your heart has been enlarged. If you can forgive, you will have one of the biggest hearts in the world to love people. If you can ever get over that pain, the one who has been forgiven much has the ability to love much. Your pain is not your problem. Your pain can lead you to higher ground and greater ground. You can get through that. If you'll just get through that and give that up, I promise you the price will be worth it in the end when you see the love that God is about to pour out through you and on you and all around you. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.